Good morning. <laughs> if you want to open your Bible, we're going to be in Genesis, and we're not going to be in any one specific passage, but maybe starting around chapter 40 or somewhere in there. But um, Scott read earlier from, from Psalms 105, and uh, one of the verses, verse 6, says, O descendants of Abraham, his servants, O sons of Jacob, his chosen one, he is the Lord our God, the judgments are... His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenants forever and the word he commanded for a thousand generations. Well, if you grew up in church, then you probably remember singing a song, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, and I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Well, that's probably where part of this song came from, but um, we are a generation, many generations away from the, from our father Abraham. And, and the New Testament tells us if we have faith like Abraham, then we are Abraham's children. And so um, in Bible Study Fellowship this past year, we studied the book of Genesis. So this will sound a little bit familiar to some of you who, who have studied w with us the last year because in, in Kenya, we, we are on the same schedule as you are here in the U.S. And so our class starts in September and ends in May and we, we studied the book of Genesis. So, um, But as we think about uh, the book of Genesis and the, and the lives of Abraham and, and his sons and grandsons and great-grandsons, um, just maybe to remind you if you're not so familiar with, with the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 12 of Genesis all the way through the end, chapter 50, it is the story of the life of Abraham and uh, his, his family and the, and the family and how God prepared Abraham, called Abraham, and was going to use Abraham to create a nation uh, in the world that would represent him, would represent God to others. So Abraham was a childless man, uh, married to Sarah, and, but God still chose a childless couple to create a nation. And so uh, they did have a child, and um, his name was Isaac, which means laughter because um, it was a joy and, and it wasn't funny ha-ha. It was just joy that in their old age, and the Hebrews tells us when they were as good as dead, <laughs> uh, that they, were, they had this child, and, and Isaac was the child of promise uh, through whom God would fulfill the promises originally made to Abraham. And then Isaac and Sarah had, had sons. They had twin sons. Uh, no, <laughs> that's not right. Uh, yeah, Isaac uh, and not Sarah, but Rebecca <laughs> had sons, Esau and Jacob. Uh, it's, it's one of those things I told them earlier. Sometimes we, we pronounce names and words very differently in Kenya because they use somewhat of a Kiswahili pronunciation and somewhat of a British pronunciation. And, and sometimes they say, oh, why are you speaking American? <laughs> you know, so Isao and Jacob <laughs> are, are, are the two sons. But uh, Jacob was also... The younger son of the twins was God's choice to, to whom God was going to create this nation. And then Jacob had 12 sons, and, and uh, Joseph was his 11th son. And so uh, we're going to just a little, little, look a little bit this morning at the life of Jacob and the life of Jacob's sons, and then even 
the specific son, Joseph, as to how God pictures faith and how we can identify with what God was doing many, many, multiple thousands of years ago. Uh, but our faith is the same today. It's the same faith that they had to learn about is the, is the faith that we are, we are also learning about. So um, the Jews call them the patriarchs, uh, which are just, you know, like who would, we would call the father of our, our nation. So uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph are known as, as the patriarchs, and so we're going to look a little bit at, at their lives um, this morning. Now, there were 12 sons of Jacob and who became uh, more or less the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, but it is a story of these brothers that, that occurs from, I think, about chapter 34 on. And, and like many families, there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. And the brothers really represent almost everything that is ugly about people. And so you may know about the brothers and, and some of the choices they made and some of the things that they did, but, and you would say, well, where would faith ever show up in these guys' lives? So um, although it doesn't say it specifically and we don't have any of the brothers listed in chapter 11 of Hebrews where we learn about many great men and women of faith, but um, as we studied through Genesis this year, I, I really kind of saw that these people of Genesis really do represent many of, not maybe every part or aspect of our own journeys, how we uh, develop faith in our own lives, but they certain, certainly picture how, how some of us look to God and how we, we uh, appear to God, and, and yet God loves us and has chosen us and, and brought us and, and, and ignited faith within each of us if we are truly sons of Abraham and children of God. Well, um, the 12 brothers came from four different mothers. And so uh, Joseph was the 10th, the or the, yeah, I think the 11th born, and so there were 10 older brothers of Joseph, and they were all by the three separate mothers. And Joseph, as he grew up, was not the favorite of the brothers. Uh, he was the favorite of the father. And so they kind of resented him, and, and, and the story kind of begins in chapter 37, verse 2, where, where Joseph reported back to his father some of the activities and gave a, it's called a bad report on what some of the brothers were doing, which I'm sure they did not appreciate, even though it was probably reporting something bad that they were doing. Uh, but then in verse 3 and verse 4, we see, you know, we find out that Joseph was the favorite of the sons, and it was quite obvious because the father made a special coat for Joseph, and then we all know the story of Joseph's coat of many colors, and, you know, or in modern days, it's Joseph's Technicolor dream coat or whatever it is, so uh, thanks to Andrew Lloyd Webber, but, uh, <laughs> but in verse 4, it says this, the, what the brothers think, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his uh, brothers, they hated him, and they could not speak peacefully to him, and so quite obviously there was a rift in the family, and and things were not at all uh, peaceful, at least as far as the language was too. And then of course Joseph had dreams, and he, as a young man, 17 years old, he shares his dreams with his brothers, 
And it was quite obvious, the interpretation of the dreams, that, you know, Joseph was the sun and the brothers were the stars and the stars worshipped the sun. Or Joseph was, the brothers and Joseph were working in the fields. They, they were cutting their, the grain. Joseph stood his up and all the brothers bowed down to him. So um, they had reason probably a little bit to not like Joseph as, as well as they should have. But, um, but there were other, we're not going to go into it, but there were other things that the brothers chose to do and did do that really indicated that their hearts were not in submission to God's word or God's, God's will. And, and they, were, uh, they took the first opportunity they had uh, when they were alone with Joseph. Um, they were going to kill him. Then they decided, well, why don't we make some money off of this deal anyway? So they sold him into slavery, and Joseph ended up down in Egypt and became a slave, and then also later uh, a prisoner. So, but the brothers, well, to the brothers, it was good riddance. You know, he, he never was, we never liked him. <laughs> uh, Dad always liked him best. And so now maybe, you know, things would change, but it apparently did not change too much in all the years that Joseph was gone. Uh, but now we jump ahead 13 years later, and you probably are familiar with the story too, that Joseph has prom been promoted in Egypt to the second-in-command of all of Egypt, and so uh, just under the, the Pharaoh. And God sent a famine, as we read in, in Psalms 105, and the brothers ended up going to Egypt looking for food, and they come before Joseph, not knowing who Joseph was. Joseph doesn't reveal himself immediately because he's, I see, think he see, he's testing their character. Are these the same guys that sold me into slavery? How have they treated my father? What about my younger brother that's still there? And so he, he kind of tests their character, but he does end up revealing himself to them, forgiving them for their past sins, inviting them all and the entire family to come down to Egypt because he was in a position to, to take care of them. Well, they've been in Egypt now for 17 years, and Father Jacob has died. And so this is like 30 years since they sold Joseph into, into slavery, and they send a messenger, maybe one of the brothers, maybe a letter. Somehow they send a message to Joseph, and they, they write, Dad told us to tell you this. <laughs> and um, in, uh, I lost the verse here, but um, yeah, in, it's chapter 50, verse 17, sorry. Um, they send this message to, to Joseph, and they said, uh, please, Dad said, Jacob said, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they, did, because they did evil to you. And then the brothers wrote, and we now, please forgive our transgressions, the transgressions of the servants of God and of your father. Well, two things kind of indicate to me that these are not the same brothers that sold Joseph into slavery. For one, they recognize what sin is, and they recognize that the sin that they committed, even 30 years later, needed to, they needed to personally ask Joseph for, for forgiveness. 
And as we recognize sin in our own lives, um, you know, David wrote that we first need to recognize that when we sin, we sin first against God. And God alone do we sin against. And then, you know, if we have sinned against others, we need to ask forgiveness. And and we need, um, you know, even Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, who trespass or sin against us. So the first indication that these are not the same brothers and that they have experienced an awareness or a need to to submit to God in faith is that they recognize their sin and they are trying to make things right. And And I can imagine that, you know, they were fearing that Joseph was going to take revenge. And so they, you know, that was part of it. But don't we go to God in 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 the same way quite often, superficially thinking, well, if I just tell God I'm sorry, then it'll all be better and it'll all go away. Um, you know, that's not exactly the way God works with sin, but um, it is an awareness that we are sinners, that, that God first awakens in us. So the brothers show that. and But I think even more that clarifies to me that the brothers now have faith in God is, is they don't say, like their father Jacob often said, the God of my father Abraham or the God of my father Isaac. They say, we are servants of the God of our father Jacob. And so they, first of all, recognize that they need to be servants of God. And that that is important to them because they had to put themselves out of the position of being in control of their own lives and being in the control that God would be the, in control and they would be serving, serving God. And then they offered themselves to serve Joseph. Uh, and this, they're all older than him and they're all coming to him saying, we will be your slaves. We will be your servants just as we are now servants of, of God. So I think that though it's not specifically stated that, you know, that they are now men of faith, but they often picture who we are. Uh, maybe some of you were much older and not children or young people or maybe at some later place in your life, you recognized you did need to come to God and submit yourself to God. So they kind of recognize that uh, or illustrate that what it is to come to God at whatever point in your life. Because whenever you did come to faith and, and believed in God, that was you were as old as you were. <laughs> and these guys were older, and it may have taken them a lot more years than it took Joseph or other people. But at that point in their life, they, they did recognize that they needed to be part of God's family and, and submit to him. Um, Kevin was one of our young men who joined our class in January of this year. Uh, the Kenyan school system goes from January to December, and so um, the new year starts the new school year. And so everybody who finishes school, um, you know, finishes in November, and then nobody goes to school in December, but then schools start back up in January. Well, Kevin had finished secondary school, um, and he had come from a Christian family and attended church all his life. And he, even his parents, his, I'm not sure if it was his mother or his father, had taken him to BSF as a young person. And so he knew about BSF, but he wanted to come to BSF because some of his friends were, were in BSF. And so he joined our, our class, and, and he, you know, he 
soon was totally 100% involved in BSF, and I don't know that he missed a class night from, from January on, but at the end of our class year, he got up and shared, and he said, when I came to BSF, you know, I had attended church and BSF and all my life with my family, but it wasn't until I started really doing, studying God's Word on my own for my own purposes uh, that I realized that all my life I was just part of the family, but not in the family. And so he, he like, I kind of illustrates the brothers, though he was very young, but this was the point in his life where he realized that he needed to submit to God and to, uh, to uh, give his life to God and, and confess his sins and become uh, a child of faith, a child of Abraham. Shiro, another one of our, is a young lady in our class, and, and she had started with us. She had attended for a while our other young adult BSF class and then dropped out, and then she joined us in, in this class. And um, she began at the beginning of the year. And as we were going through the first chapters of Genesis and learning about creation and, and Adam and Eve and, and those things, she shared that she never realized how much she just accepted what they told her in school about evolution and, and, and uh, the things that she just, you know, never tried to reconcile what, what the scripture said because she'd never really studied the genesis and the beginning of, of creation. Uh, so she, she said, I really came to realize that if God is our creator and God did create the world, then I need as a, to be as a person, submit to God as a creator. And so she also it kind of illustrates at that point in our lives when we need to recognize that we are serving ourselves, we are serving education, we are serving work, we are serving something, uh, but we have to make a transfer and recognize that serving God is where God wants us to be. And if we're going to be children of faith and, and say that we are Christian, then we need to know who we are serving and, and believing and following. So we, we, for Sharon and I, when our young people share these kinds of things, and it's not like we have told them what to say or, you know, you should do this, or it's just like it, it really is encouraging to us. And we only share these things with you because, you know, we are your representatives there, and, and we hope you are encouraged by what is happening on the other side of the world, 12 time zones away. So, so I think the brothers do really illustrate maybe what some, how some of us came, came to faith. Uh, but Joseph um, also illustrates a different kind of faith, uh, not a different kind of faith, but how a life of faith that was a little bit different than them. Um, and to take from what, when the brothers came to Joseph and said, you know, we are now servants of God, we are willing to be your slaves, uh, Joseph's response was that he wept. And for we don't know exactly why he wept. I think we can kind of speculate. Maybe he was just totally relieved that these brothers finally came to their senses and they were going to respect him in the way that he would have been uh, or should have been. Or maybe he was just relieved that, that uh, or I mean, maybe he was hurt that, that they still suspected that he would take revenge after 30 years, that he was still a kind of a person. They didn't know him any better. 
uh, than, than what he was or what he thought his character was, that he would, he would now try to, to extract revenge upon them. Uh, but I think maybe that the reason why he wept was, was not out of sorrow or out of, um, but maybe more out of just joy that his brothers had finally uh, come to recognize that it is God that wanted them and was working in their lives all along. So um, Joseph's response was, uh, of faith was like this, and, and it is like how we should respond, although not often we do it. Um, he says to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring, uh, to bring it about the many people should, that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So um, Joseph recognized that it always was and always is God's place to take revenge. And that's hard for us. It's hard for me. Uh, you know, Sharon says, Dutch will tell you about driving in traffic. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you come back to the U.S. and people stop at stoplights and people, you know, I know you struggle with roundabouts now. <laughs> who, who does what in a roundabout? Um, well, we have roundabouts in Kenya and we just ignore the other people in the roundabout. So, um, but, you know, it, it's, it's hard to live a life where you don't want to get even, where you don't want, even if you don't want to do something yourself, you hope something bad happens to them. So just to show, see, God got you. Um, but that wasn't Joseph's faith at all. Joseph's faith was, I want to think like God thinks. I want to believe like God thinks. I want God to be the judge of your sin. I don't want to be the one who takes responsibility for, for judging your sin. And so Joseph allowed God to work in their lives, and God was going to, and Joseph wanted God to change them, and, and, and so he did. So they meant it for evil. Joseph knew that. But he also now sees that God meant it for good. And what the hardest thing uh, for me, for, for maybe us, is to do is, you know, I know what God wants good for your life, but how is that, do I really want God to make that good for my life, the evil that other people are doing? And so I think that's a real expression of faith that, that Joseph had, that God meant it for good for you and for me. Because now I am, am in a position, and I was in a position to, to help you to save, to save many lives and to, to perpetuate God's promises that he had made to us as a family. So true, Joseph kind of illustrates that true faith trusts God no matter what the circumstances are. And I don't think it was easy for Joseph when he was in prison, for Joseph when he was a slave, to trust God. But he, you know, that is where the direction that we all need to go is that trusting God and trusting our circumstances and what is happening in our lives uh, is the place where God wants us to be. And we won't, we won't be able to think the way God wants us to think and believe about God that he will take care of these things and, unless we learn to trust him. Uh, 
Paul kind of illustrates Joseph's life when he wrote in, in Romans chapter 8, some very familiar verses probably to you. In verse 26, he starts, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. In accordance with God's will, for we know that in all things God works to, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so Joseph shows us that he believed God had called him to be a slave, a prisoner, and then even a ruler in Egypt for the good of his family and for the good of really many more people. Even the Egyptians themselves benefited from, from how God used Joseph. Verse 31 says, So what can we say in response? If God is for us, who can be against us? And so um, Joseph really illustrates this, that if God is for me, even my evil brothers are not really against me because God is going to use it. Um, Joseph goes on and tells the brother that, you know, you do not need to fear. He says, uh, he kind of illustrates Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so his faith, his purpose in his faith was to please God and to, and to help his family and, and trust them. So uh, he says, to do, um, do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. And so even if Joseph was going to uh, live longer than his brothers, and I don't think he ended up living longer than most of them. He, his intent was to continue to care for them and provide for them, uh, and then he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So true faith, in, as Joseph illustrates it, is, is not a faith of fear. The brothers came in fear to Joseph, and Joseph's purpose was to, to cancel their fear because of his faith and belief in God. Um, Angela is one of our leaders that kind of illustrates Joseph to us, uh, amongst others. We first met Angela about three, four years ago uh, when we were teaching the other young adult class. And Angela had started a group in uh, the east side of town to pray for a young adult class. Now, Angela had never attended BSF. She had gone to one BSF class but because of work in different situations, she was never able to attend BSF. But she went one time, and she wanted, for her church and for her friends and for that side of town, she wanted BSF. And so she started a prayer group, and she, she continually uh, invited people, encouraged people, and for uh, almost two years, she just continually, on a weekly basis, met with whoever would show up, and they would pray for, for God's, fulfillment of her desire to have BSF for, for that, for that uh, part of town. Well, God answered her prayer, and there was a young adult class in that part of town, but Angela could not ever get to that part of town where she was praying uh, to get to the BSF class because of work schedules and the, and the scheduling of that BSF class. So um, what do you do when you prayed for two years and you're just wondering, what? You know, she was glad that the BSF class was there, but then she wasn't able to attend. Well, we contacted her or met her. I can't remember how we got in contact with her again. And, and we told her, well, we had also started a class in, in the part of town which 
she lives or worked very closely to. And so she started coming to our class. She became a discussion leader, and this last year beca she became our class administrator. But she was just faithful, not knowing how God was going to work it out. And then when God seemed to work it out, he left her out of it. And so she, she really was an encouragement to us, and, and, and I hope we encourage her too, that, you know, God is going to work out his good purposes, and, and sometimes in very surprising ways. Um, you know, she didn't end up in prison, but she ended up feeling like she got left out of what she desired, and, and then yet God provided for her uh, in that way. So we're, we're thankful for Angela and, and her faithfulness, you know, for all the years that she didn't see fruit, and yet God now provided fruit. So the brothers show us how it are, you struggle, may struggle your whole life and then come to faith near the end of your life. And Joseph kind of illustrates faith as a young man that continues to learn how to trust in God, and God rewards that. Uh, God rewards um, the faithfulness and, and the obedience that Joseph exhibited all his life. And now just briefly we'll look at their father, Jacob. And Jacob is probably the most like all of us. Um, he's, he's the picture of faith that goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And God personally came and confronted Jacob on, on, many, on several occasions and told him again, I'm going to fulfill my promises through you. And you are the one that, is going, that I'm going to build a great nation from. But Jacob also is the illustration of, I know God's going to do this, but I'm going to do it my way for now. And I'm going to try to work it out so that the way that I see it should go and then God would, and it would usually collapse and fail, and then God would come again and say, listen, I'm here, I made the promises, I'm going to fulfill them, and then Jacob would try to figure out how God was going to do it, and he would do it himself. So Jacob is like us. We, we, you know, we may even come to church on Sunday, and we, we hear God's word, and we're going to take God's word, and we're going to apply God's word, and then something happens in the week, and we're you know, managing our own lives and our own circumstances, and we're, and we're working that way. So Jacob kind of uh, illustrates that. Jacob's name meant, may God protect. And God certainly did protect Jacob throughout his life because Jacob was the, the God's choice to, to, to build this nation of Israel. But Jacob's better known meaning was deceiver. And so that is how he kind of worked his life. He, you, you know the story of how he deceived his father into giving um, him the birthright. God, was gonna, God had already chosen Jacob to be the child that God was going to build the nation from. And Jacob and his, his mother determined that that was going to go because he was going to get the firstborn or the birthright blessing. So they manipulated, they deceived Isaac into giving that blessing to him. Uh, and because of that deception, the twin, Esau, uh, determined that as soon as dad dies, it seemed to be a pattern here, <laughs> as soon as dad dies, we're going to take revenge. I'm going to, I'm going to go after to Jacob. Uh, so Jacob fled. He went to uh, 
back to Haran, which is north of Israel, pro near probably near present day uh, in Syria somewhere. But um, Jacob went there. He met the girl of his dreams and then married the girl of his dream sister uh, because his father-in-law <laughs> deceived him. Uh, he ended up with, you know, that was one of the wives, and then uh, that was Leah, and, and Rachel was the other wife, and then because there got to be this very big competition as whose children were going to, uh, who was going to have children, that uh, they gave their maidservants to, to Jacob as wives as well. So uh, that's the four wives that Jacob dealt with, and uh, so he... he you know, these boys grew up in a, in a very competitive wife situation and a very competitive brother situation. So, but that's Jacob's life. And God had to continually come back to Jacob after a number of years just to remind him, you are the one of promise. You're not going to, you'll be back in the land that I gave to Abraham. And so, but if we just look briefly in chapter 48, Jacob thought he was going to die. And so he called Joseph, and Joseph brought his two sons with him, uh, and Jacob wanted to bless these two sons. And so in chapter 48 of, of Genesis, uh, Jacob says this to, to Joseph and, this, and the boys. The God before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long, all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, uh, he will bless the boys. And so this, this, he was asking God, who we, we see what now his picture of God is. Uh, he wants the blessing of this God, our God, to, to follow these two boys of Joseph. And so there, there are some things about what, Joseph, what Jacob said here that, that really show um, how we all should end up or we, how we all should be in, in our idea of, of living faith uh, a life of faith and the first thing is is um, God is our shepherd now Jacob knew all about shepherding he was even probably a genetic engineering if you go back into that if you go back into the story of how he he manipulated goats and got the spotted ones and the striped ones and all those kinds of things but he's he he was a shepherd by occupation and so when he says God has been my shepherd all my life. He also recognizes the nature of sheep and the nature of goats, which want to do their own thing. And Jacob certainly illustrated a, a man who wanted to do his own thing almost all of his life. And yet now he says, God who shepherded me all my life. And so he sees God as not being absent, not being far away, not being uh, having abandoned him. He sees that he has ignored God all his life or for most parts of his life. And yet God was there shepherding. And so a shepherd uh, is always looking for the sheep that go astray. And a shepherd is always trying to help the sheep that want to go astray. Uh, so the shepherd seeks, the shepherd leads, the shepherd guides, the shepherd protects um, but the sheep or the goats are always in rebellion. And so the job of a shepherd is not easy. And, you know, and it's, we don't make it easy for God, do we? <laughs> we, we, you know, we are like 
the sheep who always go astray and want to go our own way. And so Jacob sees that even though he was like that, it was God who was constant in his life. God was the only thing that was constant in his life. And he, he probably says, if I had only learned that, you know, but now he, he is recognizing that. But the other thing that illustrates Jacob's faith is what he says, the angel or the messenger of God who came to him often redeemed me from all evil. Now, if you have faith and you don't connect it to redemption, you don't have faith. If you have faith, what you call faith, and you don't recognize like the brothers that you are servants of God, then you really don't have the kind of faith that God wants to develop in us. And if you don't have faith like Joseph that trusts God, no matter what your circumstances are, then you may say, the Lord, you may even know it by heart, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But you have not made God your shepherd unless it is connected with these aspects of faith. And so the brothers show us one part of faith. Joseph shows us another part of faith. Jacob shows us another part of faith. But we all need to have all their parts <laughs> in order to be true men and women and children of Abraham who are, that's the only way that we are children of Abraham or sons of Abraham is if we have the faith of Abraham because it is Abraham's faith that without Abraham's kind of faith, it's impossible to please God. One of our young men, Gavin, um, came to our class, not at the very beginning of it, but he, he joined it. Um, he was worried when he joined because he was planning to get married, and, and young adult classes used to have a guideline or a rule that said, when you, become a, when you be, get married, then you need to go to the men's and women's classes. So he was already you know, three or four months away from his wedding, but he wanted to know what was going to happen to him. And so we were happy to say, you get to stay where we are, uh, where, where you are. And he became a leader. And, uh, but this past year, because of the elections and because a transition from one president and one government to another government is, is you know, somewhat very unsettling to the people and to a lot of jobs and those kinds of things. Well, Gavin didn't work for the government, but he worked for uh, an NGO, a non-governmental organization, and there are many of them in Kenya that do, you know, different kinds of works uh, in the country, some aid work, some, you know, development kind of things. And because of the transition and there were things that were rumored were going to happen with the rules for NGOs, they didn't renew anybody in his office's contracts. And so he lost his job until after the elections, and then there was no guarantee. And he said, when he shared on, on sharing day, he said, you know, I really identified with Jacob because I wa had my plan. I ha he, they don't call them plans. They call them schemes there, and it's not negative like we think of a schemer. It's, that's, you know, it's kind of just a synonym for plan. So he said, I had my plans. I had my schemes. I knew exactly what I was going to do and how my life was going to be, and, and all of a sudden now he didn't have a job. So he said, I really had to rethink that I was trying to control my own life. I believed, you know, I, he was a, a believer, he, he was saved, but he was still, like Jacob, trying to control what was happening in his own life. And so he said, it was really good for me <laughs> to lose my job. 
And so um, it's our privilege to, to hear these stories, you know, firsthand. Um, we, you know, Sharon and I are both acutely aware that, you know, we are, you know, 12,000 miles away and 12 time zones away, and there's not that connection that we wish that we could have on a, on a more regular basis, like, you know, coming here every two years or however often we get back to, to Anchorage. But um, there's a verse in Second Thessalonians says, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, and so you can, I hope you are saying that about us, and we are saying that about you, because he says, we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as it is right, because, of your, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So we love to hear what's happening at Anchorage Grace. We love, we hope you are interested in, in loving to know what we are doing and what impact, you know, God's word is having on the lives in Kenya. Because, you know, in, in that sense, we do represent Anchorage Grace in Kenya. So uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for being our family away from, from home and uh, inviting us back again and again. And so if you are at all interested in following us a little bit closer we're of course we have email uh, we're on Facebook our young adult class has a Facebook page um, just type in BSF young adults Nairobi Westlands and it'll get you to the right page there um, our BSF uh, BSF has a, a website and you can we blog there on a try to on a regular basis so um, we are there and we are here now, so if you would like to talk to us or talk to about missions or any, any aspect of that, we are willing to, to meet with you, and we just really do appreciate uh, you being our brothers and sisters away from home when we're there and your bro our brothers and sisters when we are home. And so we thank you. So let's close in prayer, and um, I think there's a song afterwards. So.